Welcome to this episode of the NLN podcast, Nursing Edge Unscripted, The Surface Track, and thank you for joining us. This episode is entitled Celebrating the Year of the Nurse Educator, the Evolution of Nursing Education and its Impact on Curricula, where we will discuss how nursing education's evolution during recent years impacts curriculum integration and design. We will discuss two key influencing factors, the EDUCAUSE Horizon Report and the NCSPN's Clinical Judgment Measurement Model. Please join Dr. Susan Frenaris and I as we discuss why these resources are important considerations when designing and integrating curricula and consider how the resources can challenge our teaching strategies to match the evolution. I would like to formally introduce my co-host for today, Dr. Susan Gross-Frenaris. Dr. Frenaris is the director for the National League for Nursing Division for Innovation and Education Excellence. Sue is instrumental in the design and implementation of NLN faculty development resources focused on the pedagogy of teaching and learning. Her expertise is in curriculum and teaching learning strategies with an emphasis in simulation and debriefing. Her research and publications focus on the development and use of reflective teaching strategies to enhance critical thinking. She co-authored the publication Critical Conversations, the NLN Guide for Teaching Thinking, and most recently, Critical Conversations from Monologue to Dialogue. Sue is an admired mentor of mine and to many others. So let's jump right in. Thanks, Michelle, for taking time um, to have a conversation with me about this notion of journeying through nursing education. I'd like to spend um, the next 10 minutes really trying to set the stage for how we see nursing education, our roles as educators, and maybe some of the reframing that may need to um, happen in order for us to meet learners where they're at. So I appreciate you um, taking a little bit of a deeper dive with me here. That sounds good, Sue. And, you know, I think this is important. I'm hoping our conversation can help nurse educators understand a little bit more about what needs to get pulled into curriculum design, what things we need to consider, what challenges might we need to overcome um, to help us create a thoughtful, mindful curriculum for our, our learners. Absolutely. So Sue, I'd like to invite you to share um, your perspective on some pedagogical assumptions. And to do so, I'd like to do a little time travel, if you can take us back to help us understand some of the historical context around nursing education and nursing practice. And then we'll, we'll do a little comparison to what was and what is now. Yeah, as we think about that, absolutely time travel, uh, for sure, because I am not a new educator. And so as you think about this journeying through nursing education, we really do have to use our past to help inform us as we think about the now and into the future. And so um, maybe the way to look at it in this time capsule is to consider both practice and education. So if we were to think of ourselves as uh, nurses who maybe began practice over 40 years ago. Now, perhaps, Michelle, you weren't born then. Um, 
<laughs> 40 years ago. Uh, <laughs> but some of us were entering practice 40 years ago. And, um, and back then, you know, as we think about um, that practice environment, when we were learners in nursing, um, you know, faculty accompanying us to clinical, um, it was a situation where we may have seen a faculty student ratio of one to 10 uh, students in the clinical environment. Most of the time we were assigned post-op patients uh, to learn kind of that post-op piece, or um, perhaps we were in nursing homes caring for the aging. But um, back then, we maybe were assigned two patients, probably not as much. We still stayed with that one patient model and, uh, you know, spent eight hours. And we did all of the patient care. We were taught to be in practice, to um, to meet the needs of the patient, um, all of the needs of the patient, um, in addition to the usual nursing interventions um, that you were being taught. In the classroom, some of the assumptions underlying that form of teaching pedagogically was that it was this notion of applying theory. So you learned, you, you got your theory dump in class, and then you would go to practice and just by the process of doing, you'd merge the, the theory and apply it in practice. That's generally what it was. There seemed to be a preponderance of um, focus on psychomotor skills. So you were in clinical to practice psychomotor skills because it was not likely that you got a chance to do that in the real world and that you'd build on past knowledge. It was always building on past knowledge, moving from simple to complex. And your instructor would be guiding that whole piece. Um, and and that, that's kind of what um, what we're seeing, um, what we saw 40 years ago. That's that's really helpful to understand that perspective. And I'd like to take a little time to compare that now to what we're seeing now, both in practice and nursing education. And I think by having this conversation, it might help us to understand you know, what's brought us to today and what we need to do as educators, how we might need to shift um, our thinking and our approach to curriculum. So if you can share now what, what's happening today. Well, today, you know, it's interesting, the pedagogical assumptions really haven't changed much. Um, you know, we still believe that we're using clinical as our way to apply the theory that we're teaching in our didactic. Um, so again, we go to class, there's this knowledge dump, and then we expect them to uh, use that information in clinical. Um, again, there is still this emphasis on psychomotor skills, um, and probably more so even now as people use the word competency, because you immediately go to psychomotor skills, when there really seems to be this push to develop clinical reasoning, clinical judgment, that, that whole piece. Um, we're still using this, this assumption that we are building on simple to complex, using your past knowledge, keep adding to it. And then as you go to clinical, you keep informing um, you know, your own learning as a, as a student in, in nursing. Um, 
in terms of what practice we might see on the practice side with teaching is we're we're probably seeing maybe a, a one to 10 or possibly one to eight ratio uh, trying to account for a little bit of complexity in the patient population, but not much if 40 years ago, we were still at one to 10. Um, you know, we're, we're taking care of medical surgical patients. We may get assigned more than one patient nowadays because that seems to be a little bit of an emphasis, but definitely not the status quo. And we spend maybe eight to 10 hours on a clinical shift and the instructor's in charge of, of doing everything. What's interesting about this is that, you know, it hasn't changed. We're... 40 years ago, we're still using those same assumptions to guide how we prepare learners in real life in a clinical experience, except for the patient population in the healthcare industry has changed dramatically in the last 40 years. I always make the analogy that when I was in post-coronary or ICU 40 years ago, those patients uh, exist today on general med search floors. We're going to see nurses encounter vent patients and, and very critically ill that were once in ICUs now in these step down and in some of the main uh, mainstreaming of these patients into the, the general med search population and into the community. And, and patients that today are in ICU, they, they weren't alive 40 years ago. There, there wasn't the science and technology uh, advances. So we're, we, we seem to be at a little bit of a disadvantage with our, our learners in that we're trying to continue to prepare them pedagogically for patients that existed 40 years ago. And so we wonder why we have a, a difficult time saying our learners are prepared for today's you know, client population. Yeah, I was just thinking you know, with you saying that, that everything you just described really impacts and, in, and influences the academic practice gap that we're seeing. There are many other factors, I think, that have created that, that um, space or that uphill climb that, that our learners, our new graduates have to make as they transition into practice successfully. And some don't, some really struggle um, and, and some need a lot of guidance. So I think this conversation is timely um, to talk about how we can get out of our own thinking, shift our thinking, get out of our own way to making a shift where we can really meaningfully try to narrow this academic practice gap with some thoughtful changes to our curricula, how we design our curricula, and then how that curricula at a program level, an institution level, then a program level, and then how it plays out in our classrooms and how it actually is then consumed from a learning perspective by our learners. So I think this is, I find this an exciting conversation and an exciting time to be able to do this work Absolutely. as a nurse educator. Yeah, maybe a little overwhelming, maybe a little bit, but I think we can take small chunks and uh, move it forward, you know, small pieces. So I'd like to transition a little bit to talk about some of the considerations that we need to incorporate into our thinking, our rethinking, reframing our thinking and curriculum design. What are some, um, now that we've talked about the changing dynamics of education and practice, 
what are some of the resources or the, the guidance that informs that, that dynamic um, change? What's telling us as educators that this is the direction we might need to move? If we can discuss some of those, those pieces. Yeah, well, I think two of them uh, most prevalent is uh, the Horizon Report. And the other factor that is really informing nursing education is the new NCSBN clinical judgment model. So let's talk a little bit about the Horizon Project. The Horizon Project was an initiative by New Media Consortium where they would chart a lot of the emerging technologies for teaching and learning. And it was launched back in 2002. Um, and since that time, they would publish a report that would detail some of the trends happening in the workforce around technology that would definitely drive what's happening in education to prepare individuals to practice in those um, technological environments. Since then, taken over by Educause, which is a nonprofit association of the largest community, I, I would say, of technology, academic, industry, campus uh, leaders um, that are looking to advance higher education and how they use IT in, in the learning. So in these reports, they, they talk about these emerging trends. And probably the most influential, as you think about trends in education, are some of the more contemporary things, are the use of um, artificial intelligence or AI that informs learning analytics. How do we know our learners are learning? Um, we become much more sophisticated over the course of the years to identify how learners are learning. We've had to adapt our learning spaces to uh, account for both online and face-to-face, -face, so a lot of hybrid learning. Um, we've had to create tools that embrace AI, especially in our entertainment areas. Uh, learners are using AI every day in their gaming on their phones. Um, and how do we embrace that and bring that into our learning environments? And so those are some of the, the factors. And so really what it gets down to is what we call reframing the practice of teaching. You know, it's no longer us as educators transmitting knowledge, which is really kind of how we've always seen our role focused as the transmission of knowledge, but more, how do we facilitate knowledge um, with our learners? And that requires us to rethink this practice of teaching. The information coming out and the technology is really going to be driving that. And that is a report that helps us understand where our consumers are, our, our learners are. And uh, so that would be one driving force. That's great, Sue. And I love this idea of moving us as nurse educators, as a community of practice um, from transmitter of knowledge to facilitator of knowledge. Um, that it's not just the information's coming from my head and going to your head. Um, it's really about how we can help facilitate this experience of learning, right. um, practicing, different skills, using knowledge and applying it to different contexts, that we can do that with and for our learners. Um, yes, and that more they may walk away. Yeah. yeah, 
more being more intentional about our roles as educators and the art and science of teaching becomes uh, front front stage. That's great. And, you know, I think um, the second thing that you had mentioned, which I, I, I can uh, jump in and, and talk about, Absolutely. is the uh, clinical judgment measurement model um, that the NCSBN uh, has designed to really guide the item writing and analysis, um, the test blueprint for um, the NCLEX next gen. So um, I'm going to show a screen here, a slide um, that has the model. And I wanna guide you to the left side of the model has the layers, layer zero, layer one, two, three, and four. And then along the bottom, you have the nursing process that really underpins um, this entire model uh, that we've had. You know, We've always used the nursing process to guide um, what we do. Um, and then I'm gonna skip around a little bit uh, to orient you to the model. So at the top, at layer uh, one, you have clinical judgment. That's kind of the ultimate goal, right? We wanna use our judgment, a clinical decision-making process to inform a judgment, um, to make a decision that informs, that informs our care for our patients, um, how we communicate uh, our interventions uh, and, and how we can help meet our patients' needs. I'm gonna skip down to layer three. So layer three has uh, recognizing cues, uh, analyzing cues, prioritizing hypotheses, generating solutions, taking action, and then evaluating outcomes. So this really covers the cognitive processing that goes on under the hood of a nurse um, to gather information, make meaning of it, um, and, and to, to consider different options, different situations, and then come to a solution, come to a, a decision. But you can see, I'm gonna jump back up to layer two, where you can see where this cognitive processing at, a rise, at, a, at, a, at arriving at a decision is iterative. It goes back and forth. You gather information, you're like, hmm, I need some more information. Uh, you get more information and then you, you add that into, hopefully, you add that into now your new analysis. So that's the cognitive piece. And then the layer four is um, really the context in which you um, do clinical judgment, right? It's, it's this context in which the thinking has to occur. And there's two buckets on layer four. There's the environmental piece and then the individual piece. And this is really important because the environmental piece is, are, are the, the environmental context in which we have to do this work. It includes task complexity, time pressures, interprofessional team members, it involves a lot of variables that go into how and when we make decisions. Uh, and then we've got the individual factors, that's us, right? So how much uh, prior knowledge do I have? How much experience can I draw from to make this decision that may impact how quickly I make a decision? So you can see that the individual factors and the environmental factors certainly do impact one another, right? But nonetheless, this entire layer four is the context in which we are doing this clinical judgment. So it's not a matter of just simply taking information, doing some thinking and do, doing the action. You have to do all of that quickly and independently, right? Depending on where you are in your in transitioning into nursing practice. So with that being said, I think this model is really helping us to 
Well, it's helping the NCSBN guide what kind of items, right? The question items, they have new items now. And these items are doing a better job now at measuring this clinical judgment. Clinical judgment's always been around in nursing. We've always wanted our nurses to learn how to think critically, right? But now it's being better measured. So I'm going to show you another slide here. Uh, going to compare and contrast what we are looking at and our, the current or the old, what will soon be the old uh, NCLEX um, test item alignment, how the items line up to the different pieces of this clinical judgment measurement and the environmental factors are along the top. And you can see there's a lot of yellow um, or even a lot of red and there's very little green. The green indicates how well these current items, exam items, are measuring these pieces of the layer three and layer four, which may have changed a little bit with the new model, but you kind of understand these pieces of, of clinical decision-making. It really wasn't hitting the mark with so much yellow and red um, with regard to measurement. Uh, and then if you go down to the next slide, um, you'll see uh, this is the comparing to the new um, NCLEX Next Gen uh, Clinical Judgment Measurement Model and how it's integrating with the new items. And what you'll see is that these new items are doing a much better job at measuring these layer three and layer four on that model that we just went through. Um, you'll see a lot more green, okay? So this is the real takeaway point here is that as educators, in order to help our learners better perform and not for a test, but perform in clinical practice, the ability to take information, make assign some meaning, implement, you know, come to a decision, implement the decision with time pressure, with my, my knowledge of, of anatomy and physiology um, and pharmacology, right? Drawing from my individual knowledge. The ability to do all this is now going to be measured in a much more rigorous way. Um, so that really, uh, I think, inspires us as nurse educators to change the way we're teaching to create opportunities for more practice. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and development in us. this area. Yeah, it forces us really, Michelle, to begin with the end in mind. And for once, we have uh, something that provides a little bit more of the rationale for why. You know, when we think about clinical judgment and measuring, and it's not only measuring that, but how do we help reinforce all of the skills that come with that? You talk about analyzing information, generating hypotheses, you know, all of those pieces take practice. And that helps us to rethink our roles as educators, where we want to give our learners opportunities to do that in the classroom, in different places, because it's a skill they're going to have to practice. That's part of what it means to think like a nurse, teach one to, to think like a nurse if we're preparing. And so, you know, all of these, these factors around us that drive us to rethink the practice of teaching is part of how do we get out of the way of our own thinking. It's sort of an unthinking process to realign to where are we today and, and um, how do we really truly begin with the end in mind in our roles as educators. 
That's great, Sue. And I think the call to us as educators now, um, or at least for the context of this conversation, the invitation is for nurse educators to reflect on these um, considerations that impact our curricula and our teaching down at the um, classroom and lab and uh, clinical areas. Um, have conversations and dialogue uh, with your colleagues in your um, your curriculum committees uh, and, and with leadership um, to help make these changes. I think it's just, that, that would be my invitation to people to reflect and to have conversations about this good stuff. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us on this episode of NLN Nursing Edge Unscripted Surface. We hope you join us next time. Until then, remember, whether your water is calm or choppy, Stay connected, get vulnerable, and dare to go beneath the surface.